Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, Congressman Barry Moore wants to punish Alabama. Also, the V-Team takes a look at an alleged virtual school scam. And some folks are coming after Governor Kay Ivey. Meow. Enough said. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter for APR. Welcome. Hi, guys. guys. So, it's uh, uh, another week with the legislature, but one of the top stories of this week is a story, Josh, that you you broke over a year ago. Uh, the U.S. Attorney, uh, FBI, the, the Department of Education, they announced six individuals were uh, arrested for uh, fraudulent activities, allegedly, where they allegedly stole money through a virtual school scam in Limestone County and Athens. Josh, you broke the story about a year ago. You were on top of it. Tell us what this was about. Well, it was about uh, greedy educators, uh, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to fathom the, f- uh, the fact that you've got a guy, especially Trey Holiday in Athens, who was one of the people indicted, uh, making $250,000 a year uh, and a great job, you know, fully vested in the retirement system in this state, and, and, and that wasn't enough for him. Uh, so he and uh, Tom Sisk, who was the uh, superintendent at Limestone County, allegedly uh, set up a system by uh, they they went through uh, consulting companies one of which was owned by Trey Holiday's wife uh, who was also indicted uh, and the the owners of the three consulting companies were also indicted and they set up a system where they were going into private schools specifically in the black belt region and telling these people that they could dually enroll their students in limestone in Athens uh, which would they would then count them as full students in those systems getting the full per pupil uh, dollars from the state and federal government uh, and then they were kicking back some incentives to the private schools so essentially what took place here is these people in Athens and limestone county gave a bunch of laptops that could have gone to their kids to private school kids in the black belt region and some other money and they also made a, a boatload of cash themselves I mean Susan uh, just when you think education in Alabama can't get any worse, we have a scheme. That, I mean, Josh, this is millions of dollars, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's over $6 million. Yeah. Over $6 million, Susan. I have no words. I have no words for it either. I mean, our students are suffering badly enough as it is under the broken system we have. And for these people to find these kind of loopholes and go in and essentially steal education from children... It's just outrageous. But Josh, they found, like Susan said, a loophole, and we'll go with the allegedly. Yeah. They yeah. they committed these crimes 
that took money out of the education trust fund and also denied other children money, it, the way I read it. Yeah, it, that, that's true. And, and you know, I think maybe maybe the worst part about it is, is uh, you know, the virtual school bill was a good bill. It was a bill supported by a lot of public mm-hmm. uh, school people, including the AEA. Um, and the purpose of that is written by Dick Brubaker, uh, who's had you know a, a big supporter of public education uh, oh, in, yeah. in the state, and um, and the purpose of it was to try to get money back into our public schools because they had been so uh, underfunded and they'd had so many problems over the course of the last uh, you know several years, obviously, and so this was a way to to get private kids who were going to private school and who were being homeschooled to get them back into the into these schools, even if virtually, and to give those systems that that set up good virtual schools. Uh, the per pupil dollars, so they could get money back into their into their classrooms and stuff, and so they exploited the good deeds uh, of yeah. these folks that were trying to help public education. It's just a shame, but these types of scams, I'm sure we're not the first one to suffer from them, but at such a cost. Uh, if all true, let's let's hope that these people pay a dear price for what they've done to mm-hmm. education. Yeah. Uh, this week in the Alabama House, they passed several criminal justice reform bills, Susan. Surprise, surprise. They're actually taking some of this seriously. These are, a couple of these are, are real game changers, or at least one of them is. So what, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, well, the first one is the community corrections programs, which we've seen in, in St. Clair County be awfully successful. We're talking about uh, diversion programs like drug court, uh, veterans courts, um, mental health courts. Uh, I know the drug court there has had a 96% success rate in that the, the people, these people are not committing other crimes. Right. Recidivism, it takes recidivism down dramatically instead of just housing them in jails. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's another one where a judge would have the discretion to do a split sentence and how that split sentence would work. Now, if you remember, Mike Hubbard's on a split sentence. He gets so many years in jail and so many years on uh, on a probation. And then um, also, which I think this is really important, uh, it would require the state to pay counties $20 a day for each inmate they're holding in county jails. Now, uh, Commissioner Dunn tells me that they are not staying in these jails when they're scheduled to go to uh, the, uh, the state uh, correction facilities. He tells me they're not staying in there more than 30 days. I don't believe that because I know in our own county we have that problem. And what happens is that the counties end up uh, supporting the state inmates. So uh, out of their own pockets. Yeah, I mean, Josh, these are these are these are these. The the first one's not nibbling around the edges. It, it mm-hmm. puts a statewide structure in place for these diversion courts. The other ones are kind of nibbling at the edges, but it does give judges more discretion. Yeah, I, I think the first, you're right. The first one uh, with, with the, the structure that's put in place and, and a, mm-hmm. uh, basically a requirement for a lot of yeah. counties to implement these things that, that are proven to work. Uh, you know, they, they, they've worked in a lot of other places and have proven to be very good for the community and for the people that we're sending to prison, which is the goal. Uh, I would like to remind everybody uh, that rehabilitation is the goal here, okay? It's, it's not just simply punitive. I mean, you do punish people, but the, the goal is rehabilitation. Uh, you know, and, and also... 
what is what are they not going to lie about from the Department of Corrections? I, the, you ask any sheriff in this state, and they'll tell you that these people exactly. have been in these prisons for months and months and months. We got five thousand or so uh, inmates right now that should be in state facilities that are in county jails right now. I know. Yeah, and the county's picking up the tab, and the county doesn't want to pick up the tab. The county can't no. afford to pick up the yeah, tab. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is one other uh, bill that passed this week, and we—it's Anaya's law, and it gives a judge a chance to deny bail to fit folks that are violent mm-hmm. have, are pending other violent charges. This was passed after 19-year-old college student Anaya Blanchard was uh, murdered. Uh, by a person who was on bail that had already committed violent crimes. But we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with more news. So you got caught speeding. But this time, you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working, you've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. A lot can change in five years, except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled. Five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. back to the V, the voice of Alabama politics. Susan, this past week, the Alabama Policy Institute, a think tank uh, of sorts in Montgomery, which uh, their chief policy officer is uh, Phil Williams, former state senator. They put out a press release in which they attacked Governor Kay Ivey. Now, the only problem I had with the press release is that they lied. They absolutely lied and twisted Governor Ivey's words. And we know people have tried to attack her in the past, and that's gone about as good as arm wrestling a gorilla. (laughs) You know, not only are you gonna lose, Josh, you're probably gonna lose your arm in the process. But they took after Ivey, and and Susan, what it was, was Governor Ivey was on the Don Daly show Mm -hmm. on APT-TV on Capitol Journal. And she had been praising the legislature for the job they had done in passing bills. And then he asked her about this situation where uh, the legislature is trying to limit her executive power in the case of an emergency. Right. And she said, well, it it sort of be like, uh, you know, requiring Coach Saban to consult the, his assistant coaches 
consult the uh, the uh, faculty, cons consult the board of trustees, the whole administration of University of Alabama to make a clutch call. That was what she said. They said that she compared herself to the legendary coach Saban and referred to the legislature as her assistant coaches. She gave a really good example of apparently they failed to absorb it because they didn't listen all the way through it. They, they like it when they can make her, you know, some pompous, something other, which she's not. What she meant was, you got a snap decision to make. You're gonna call everybody, all these people. You're gonna call 140 if you're talking to the legislature before you make the snap decision, assuming you can find them, assuming they answer their phone, uh, so that you can get them to Montgomery to get them into a special session to make a decision that needs to be made right now. That's Josh, what she meant, people. Josh, she also said the reason the executive has an emergency was uh, powers is because it's an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm first of all going to take issue with calling API a think tank. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I <laughs> it, listen. This is, and I also, I, I gotta say that there's no chance whatsoever that Nick Saban would hire any of these people to be on his staff. <laughs> um, uh, it, uh, you know, the competency matters in, in college football <laughs> in Alabama, if in nothing else. Uh, so, look, we're, we're talking about, I mean, let, let me just give you an example of the legislature at work. They couldn't figure out how to open up their own building, okay? <laughs> they couldn't figure out how to open up the state house. They couldn't. They still don't really know. They, you know, they had to go in for two weeks and try it, and then take a oh, week off. And they so didn't know how to. Ask, this is the people you're going to leave this up they to. Did, they didn't know how to ask the governor for the money that was sitting over there, waiting to help them open up their own building. Uh, yeah. The, the, they really took offense to this last piece, where she said, "You know, when you're facing a crisis, you know, you don't need to try to be hurting. It's like hurting." Turtles. Yeah, I thought that was so, a Mitch McConnell shot. That's what I thought it was. But um, <laughs> you know, I, you don't. I mean, listen, they they are. It's a slow. It's purposefully. You know, all kidding aside, it's a purposely slow moving body. Okay, that's Thank what it you. is. That, yeah. You know, I mean, and it and it's designed to be that way. They're not supposed to do things quickly. Um, you know, if they do it most of the time, if they've done something quickly, they've done it wrong and illegally. That's right. <laughs> so. Right. Um, you know, that, so that this is the why we do this. And who are these people who are still complaining at this point about what we did to mitigate a, an emergency, a crisis, a health crisis, in which 500,000 people have died? Who, who well, is still complaining? They're still complaining. But I got to get to these next two because one of them is about what you just said. Uh, Richie Horton, uh, he, he's a state legislator. He went on the Jeff Poor show, great talk radio show down in Mobile. And he, he stated that he was pro-choice. He said, my body, my choice. Your body, your choice. Oh, wait. But he was talking about the injection. He was talking about vaccines. A male getting a vaccine, his body mm -hmm. is his own. Yeah, he yeah. says, uh, this bill is about your body, your choice. Now look, the irony to me here is that a Republican conservative <laughs> lawmaker is using the pro-choice argument to say that he shouldn't be forced to get a vaccine. Josh, is there any hypocrisy yeah, well, here? Just go on because I yeah, can go on for a, days. a little bit. Just shorten it up for me. <laughs> 
Yeah, from from the uh, from the same body that last year voted to, to basically require twelve year olds to carry an incest baby to term. Yeah, oh. uh, you're right. It is it is quite a bit of hypocrisy. Uh, not to mention the fact that uh, to use this. I know what he's doing. He's trying to use this argument and make it seem as though it's the same argument uh, that that abortion rights activists are use here, and it's not. It's not even close to that. We're talking about a public health crisis in this in this country here, in which vaccines right now are our only hope to keep thousands of people per day from dying. We have seen what this vaccine has done. We have seen the positive results from the vaccines that are, that are out there. And the idea that you can't require people to have a vaccine to come into public venues and to be around other people is complete l- lunacy. It's not uh-huh. even close to the same thing. Uh-huh. Listen, if you don't want to take this vaccine and you want to stay your ass at home, stay at home. But listen, don't come out and try to infect everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the thing with me, you know, I, I, I just... I just felt like it was just such a, a bad argument to make. Congressman Barry Moore, though, takes the cake. Uh, you know, we never expected him to think or actually do anything in Washington. I'm sure except somebody helped him with this. But, but Susan, this past week, he, he proposed legislation that would punish Alabama. Would absolute, that The legislation would, would deny Alabama from getting... COVID relief money for the state mm-hmm. if because they locked down. Right. Because they sheltered in place. He wants the state of Alabama, who he's supposed to represent, to not get any money because they made a health safety choice. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I mean, come on now. We, just, the, the, the lockdown did work. It did, you know, stop the disease to some progression. But to deny your own state money from the federal government in a state as poor as Alabama, really? Genius, right, Josh? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's again, it's back to the same thing that I said a second ago. Uh, Who are these people that are still complaining about this stuff? I mean, you can look at the data from this state when we locked down and the uh, what happened to hospitalization rates and death rates at the time. I mean, it's, it's an... You can look at it literally and look at it and see how they how they fail. And at this point, in looking around the country and to see what happened, listen, I know it was hard on people. Of, of yep. course, it was hard on people. Nobody wanted to lock down. I didn't like it. Nobody liked it. But we yep. had to do it to save right. lives. And Barry Miller wants to punish the state of Alabama for doing the best it could do for its people. We're gonna have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation.
Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Susan, this past week, uh, the Alabama Senate mm -hmm. overwhelmingly approved a uh, medical marijuana bill. It was 28 to 10. The vote was to eight. Tw oh. no, 20, 21 to 10. They, yeah. they changed that. 21 to 10. So thank you for correcting me. But anyway, it, it passed at an alarming rate. I mean, the House said they, they weren't even ready for it yet. But it, it really got out of uh, uh, the Senate pretty quickly. Yeah, it did. They waited till Stutz got off the floor, <laughs> and then they shot that sucker right through. He went to the he, he went to his office to get his notes, <laughs> and before he could get back, boom, it was done. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Doctor Stutz has been against medical marijuana. Uh, somehow, uh, it passed while he was out of the chamber. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah, they should. They should pass bills when he's out of the legislature, which would be yeah. that would be but nice. There you go. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he's he's against it. Uh, you know, I, I, apparently he thinks it's harmful, although he's killed more people than marijuana ever has. Uh, yeah. And no so, doubt about that. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> allegedly. I mean, I, you know, by accident. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but actually, but, not taking care you know, of the patients. Yeah. I, I think it's. Um, I think it's fantastic. You know, the the way that this has moved through here, and it's, it's backed by a Republican doctor. Um, yeah. and Tim Melson. And um, I, I think that it's it's a good bill, and I think it'll move the state forward and give doctors some options uh, there that they don't normally have. One of the things that, and, and we should have realized this even more so during the pandemic. I mean, anxiety, mm -hmm. uh, 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 people feeling just totally hopeless, depression, all those things have been so prevalent. And this is another tool that can deal with with anxiety. This is also a tool that can de deal with with people in severe pain, mm -hmm. uh, glaucoma, all types of Cancer. things. Cancer. Yeah, uh, uh, people seem to forget that the medicine we take a lot of times comes from plants and and other things, uh, chemicals that uh, go into medicine. This is mm -hmm. should be medicine. It I can argue that it should be legal. That, mm -hmm. that you know, so we don't want them to smoke medical marijuana, but let's go give them a, a gallon of whiskey and see how <laughs> they react, Josh. Right? Well, <laughs> I, not even that. How about let's go give them a bottle of opioids? You know, yeah, um, there you go. And, and, yeah. and see how how bad things get for you in the surrounding community. And yeah. uh, you know, when we have an option there that is that is less addictive. Uh, and and it's effective. They're proven to be effective. Mm -hmm. And you have and doctors. Natural who are, are, are prescribing it out and making sure, monitoring what's going on, why, why would we stand in the way of this? I don't, I've never understood this. I, why are we standing in the way of it? I, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna go out and try to get a prescription for medical marijuana, uh, but if, if people need it, I think that's what they need. I mean, uh, you know, the thing is, people need more choices in how to remain healthy. Now. The, 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 it is going to run into some problems, I think, in the House. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're actually, for the first time I've ever heard, sending it through two committees. Right. It'll go through Judy first, that's the Judicial Committee, a committee, and then it'll go through Health. It has to pass out of both of those before it can ever get to the floor. Now, I don't know if that's because uh, Speaker McCutcheon wants to take it past the law enforcement angle in it and the medical angle in it or what the end game is here, but he did say he was gonna take his time, Josh. Uh, it, it's, it's just a matter of 
we should show compassion for people and give them Absolutely. a way to find better help or ease their pain. Yes. Yeah, stop coming move. between people and their doctors. Yeah. Well, your body, your choice. That's right. right. Uh, this was some really good news. Uh, we got a report from the Alabama Retail Association, a good organization. They do a great job of representing their folks. Uh, that despite the pandemic, holiday sales in Alabama grew by double digits, almost 12%, Josh. Yeah, it was, it was up. Uh, yeah, how about that Biden economy already? I mean, it's uh, going great. <laughs> well, Bloomberg has reported the U.S. economy uh, did see a huge uptick mm -hmm. over the uh, you know at the first of the year, and there there's prediction among economists that with the stimulus money, the new 1.9 billion a trillion if that passes, that we could see a record growth in the economy that's unrivaled in the last 40 years. That's why they call it the stimulus package. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, that, they're, they're le legitimately, uh, no, all kidding aside, they're legitimately predictions <coughs> out there of mm -hmm. a, an 80s-type boom in the economy. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, that could stretch on for several, several years, um, you know, because of the setup that's here. I mean, it was it was already a good economy that was created by Obama and Biden to begin with, uh, you know, and Trump didn't do too much to mess it up. Uh, and then we now we're going to get right back into this because of the pandemic. All, all kidding aside, because of the pandemic, you know, had, had depressed things. Um, kind of falsely, you know, and I think we're, you're going to get a nice little kick out of this thing if we can get the $1.9 trillion stimulus passed. Well, right. plus remember, a lot of people like us are staying home. We're not going out to eat. We're, mm -hmm. we're not going out and getting our hair done. or this. So when this finally lifts, yeah, I'm yeah. Roots, all right? Uh, when this finally lifts, you're going to start seeing another boom there. Well, there's trillions of dollars that people are sitting on trillions of dollars. Mm -hmm. yes. I want to move on to this next one. Uh, there's proposed legislation that would require no, that would allow no excuse mail-in ballots. Josh, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, as we've seen in the last uh, election cycle uh, in this state, uh, you can do it. You can do it safely uh, and securely. Uh, you saw it all over the country. There, there were no problems with absentee ballots or mail-in ballots at any uh, at any state ever. There was all there was no fraud uh, on any sort of scale that would have affected any election, even at the local level. And so, you can do all of these things and, and make it make it easier for people to vote and cast a vote and have a say in, in you know who's running for office. And our Secretary of State is behind the bill. He yeah. thinks it's a good idea. Secretary, I mean, he's the guy with his fingers right on all of those. Well, Secretary John Merrill was was listed, uh, mentioned decisively in a Wall Street Journal mm -hmm. editorial saying, if you want to know how to run a good election in a pandemic, talk to John Merrill. Yeah. Uh, right now, to vote absentee, you can say you, you're sick or you're, you're out of town. I mean... You know, and some people do that, but a lot of people just don't want to lie about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it, it, that's that's the only excuses we have now. It, it seems like kind of silly, you know, really no, it silly. Is. Yeah, it's 100% it's uh, silly. It's basically encouraging people to lie. Yeah, yeah. right. Which because they don't want to do. That People don't want to do that, but they want to vote. Especially on ballot. But a lot of times it's difficult for seniors. It's difficult mm -hmm. for people with disabilities. It's difficult for people they would like to disenfranchise. Actually, Republicans would benefit greatly from a uh, mail-in ballot, no excuse. Right. But yeah. anyway, we're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. 
You watch us because we watch them.